This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast. You're more in pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Ponk. Today is August 25th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm going to be at the San Francisco Giants game tonight. And so why it's a little bit late tonight, uh, because I need to sleep so badly after traveling yesterday. But who cares about that? If you're at the Giants game tonight, uh, let me know. Reach out on Twitter, inside the Discord. Uh, I'm going to be there with Justin Mason, you know, Saras, Jake Crumpler, Casey Bubba, Sammy Reed, a lot of fantastic people. So uh, let me know, and uh, yeah, we'd love to love to meet you. Um, we had Ryan uh, Pepio last night uh, as my lead for the SP Roundup. Four innings of one run, three hits, zero walks, and six Ks. Why is this matter? Because he was followed by two guys beforehand, which means he got the win, and he's kind of pitching great. Uh, changeup earned 65% strikes and 35% CSW. That's what you want to see as that was his best pitch back in the day um, in the minors. And he wasn't really consistent with it when we saw him mostly last year. He has a consistent slider now, 44% CSW. Uh, this is kind of cool. They might lean on Pepio um, moving forward just because uh, we have all those injuries. We have Tony Gonsolin and whatnot. So Pepio might steal some wins. And that's kind of cool. Uh, keep that in mind for your streaming options moving forward. Merrill Kelly was dominant for a golden goal. Great to see it. I mean, he's going to be just locked in your lineup regardless. But after having a stumble or two, it's nice to see him do well there. Brandon Williamson was our stream pick of the day. It worked out against the Arizona Diamondbacks. His changeup is still good. The velocity is still there. And he gets the Giants next. You are going to go for that one. Michael King opened for Johnny Brito. And both of them did not go three innings. So we don't want Brito whatsoever. Uh, Sean Armstrong led a bullpen game for the race. We moved past that. Brian Bayo, this is interesting. He went against the Astros, got the win, seven innings, one run, nine hits, three walks, four Ks. Yes, 12 base runners, seven innings, got a win against Houston. Now, he's only just that four seam, sorry, that sinker and changeup guy. Uh, but this was a new slider. I've been saying that I don't really expect Bayo to learn anything else outside of the changeup or the sinker uh, for the rest of the year. But this actually is new. Um, a lot less drop, more horizontal movement. You could say it's a sweeper, um, but it's harder, which generally you don't see from a sweeper. Actually, you see it slower. It wasn't unreal. It was just two for 24 with whiffs, but he did spot it well, and it was a good third offering. In fact, you could even say it was a second offering because the changeup was thrown less than this slider. So that's kind of cool. Uh, and if he does have this new weapon, it does make Bayo a little bit more consistent in that final month of the season. So very excited for Bayo in that regard. We have Andre Jackson get opened for um, for Pittsburgh against the Cubs. And he went six innings of two and runs, six hits, zero walks, and two Ks. 
He got the gold star here as the changeup was really, really down or really around the zone, kind of like Giolito's, how you see just kind of all over the strike zone. And that allowed him to have good pitch separation with his four seamer and slider. And that's great, but I don't really think that Andre Jackson is going to do this often and doesn't really have that great stuff overall, I think. So I'm not really in on Andre Jackson. Um, just two strikeouts in these six innings, only six whiffs overall. But nice for him to come through in this one, and maybe there's something desperate uh, to chase here after all, after, you know, not really seeing him stretched out in only 79 pitches here. Uh, Justin Steele did well against the Pirates, allowed a moonshot of a home run. Uh, but six innings, two and runs, six sets, two walks, six Ks. I've been saying that Justin Steele is not really the guy that he used to be, and that's still holding true for me. Well, Justin Steele is not really having that command that he usually has. It was against the Pirates. I think that's why this worked out. But keep in mind, it's still 133 whip here. It wasn't the most stellar of starts. Didn't get the win because of that home run. The schedule is still great, so we're going to roll with it. But it's not the same guy that we wanted uh, to see earlier on in the year. Uh, Peter Lambert against the Rays did well. And it's maybe something to consider against, uh, you know, super weak opponents outside of course. But yeah, this is not something you want to go for, and he gets Atlanta next, so we're just going to move past Peter Lambert. I just always want to make a point for these Rockies pitchers that I have personally just ignored. Hey, maybe there's a moment that Ty Block or Austin Gomber or Peter Lambert can actually be beneficial. Maybe even Kyle Freeland. Um, for those that are just scouring the wire for something on a given night, it's important to distinguish who are the guys that could go six and be beneficial versus the ones that will go like three and change and just be so detrimental. Kyle Gibson against the Jays because he's a cherry bomb doing poorly against the Mariners and then the Giants. Of course, he did super well against the Jays. Ah, it's sorry, not the not the Giants. It was the Athletics. He couldn't come through on. It was eight innings, three hundred runs, six hits, one walk, eight strikeouts. He was very efficient with his pitches early on in the game. That's just Kyle Gibson. He's a cherry bomb. So is Patrick Corbin. But maybe there's something a little sticky here with him against the Yankees. Uh, it was six innings, three hundred runs, seven hits, three walks, and seven Ks. A very very poor quality start. But it was a really good Blake Snell blueprint. Again, not as good. Sliders were down, though, and the strike, the fastballs were not as good. But, yeah, still 7Ks and a win. That's a dusty donut. Um, I guess Jay's next, so whatever. But monitor that slider. The slider has been as good as I've ever seen it, really. Um, well, at least since him actually being amazing. So we'll see. Um, Andrew Keeney against the Twins. Uh, 4.1 innings, a 300 run, 7 minutes, 1 walk, and 5 strikeouts. Uh, he's a cherry bomb with a lot more bomb this year than usual. And it's command that you cannot trust, so we don't want to go with that one. Jose Brios against the Orioles allowed two home runs that are just not good whatsoever. And that's that's it. That's all it is. So Brios is still very, very worthy of your time. Don't worry about this one here. And we have a lot of other pitchers we want to talk about today. And we're going to talk about all of those after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to one hundred dollars 
Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. In Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Jesse Schulten's win against the Athletics. I was really hoping for something big here. Uh, however, 5.2 innings of five and run, six sets, zero walks, and four Ks. The whip is good-ish. Yeah, it's right there. Uh, and he had five walks in cores, and I thought, oh man, he's really close to executing that. Really good pitch separation to make this work maybe against Oakland as a very sneaky play, but uh, he didn't have that same pitch separation here, and that's just kind of it. He could have that amazing outing at one point, but yeah, it wasn't it here, which is very disappointing. Kim Waldachek was on the other side, five innings, five earned runs, eight hits, zero walks, and four Ks. Just five whiffs, 17% CSW. And in the best world, he's a cherry bomb. And if he's able to go the Blake Snell blueprint multiple times, he has the repertoire to make that work. But he's another lefty who slings it and does not have consistent command. We see this a lot. Ken Waldachek fits the bill there, but we all know that they can come through. Um, at times, uh, Gavin Williams against the Dodgers, 4.1 innings of five and runs, eight hits, two walks, five Ks. Honestly, I think if we, this wasn't against an elite offense, this would have been a very good start from Gavin Williams. Um, I don't really think he pitched nearly as bad um, as the line suggests. And then you have two very disappointing starts. First is Pablo Lopez, who got the ace is going to ace label about two weeks ago. And we're really thinking that this was the test here. Uh, I was talking to Jonathan Hutchings about this, and he was like, yeah, I really feel... That this Rangers game is the real last hurdle for him. Unfortunately, he didn't come through. Five innings, five earned runs, ten hits, one walk in, four Ks. I don't think he pitched horrifically. He did make a few more mistakes than we normally see, but that's just kind of how it is. And sometimes, you know, elite offense is an elite offense. He gets the Guardians X's and should be totally fine. And then there's JP France. Oh boy. 2.1 innings of 10 earned runs, 11 hits, two walks, three Ks. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you see a start like this and it essentially means for most managers, okay, I'm not going to trust them again. But then again, remember Braxton Garrett, right? He led all those runs against Atlanta and it was bliss after that for about like two months. JB France has been great. He just had a bad night. And if you want to rage to drop him, I don't blame you. He's going to get the Red Sox again. We all know it's not going to be this bad again. He's got to figure something out that maybe there was some tipping involved. Maybe there was something that the Red Sox picked up on that just allowed them to go 11 hits against him. But J.P. France is not this bad, and we know that. Do we want to take a chance next time? I don't know. It's up to you. I, 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 there's really no good way to determine if that's going to be worthwhile or not. Looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. We have uh, in our auto start tier, Spencer Strider, Garrett Cole, Brandon Woodruff, Zach Eflin, Hugh Darvish, Bryce Miller, Kodai Senga, Lancelin, and Chris Bassett. Honestly, I don't think there's a bad matchup in here. So all of those names, yeah, if you have them, of course, you're going to be starting them. Probable starts here, you have Dylan Cease, Framber Valdez, Kyle Hendricks, Brady Singer, Christopher Sanchez, Logan Webb, Sonny Gray, Braxton Garrett, Cole Irvin, Dane Dunning, and Tanner Bybee. Yes, so many names. Honestly, I mean, again, this is kind of how I want to treat this is all of them are worthwhile given um, middling matchups. All of them have it. Uh, I know Framber Valdez hasn't been good, whatever. If you have any of these, you're going to go for it. Now, at the end of this, so you have like Braxton Garrett, who's looking much better. You have Cole Irvin, who gets the Rocky Road. You have Dane Dunning, who should be good against the Twins. The only real contentions here are Logan Webb, Sonny, Gr- Sonny Gray, and Tanner Bybee, who have terrible matchups. You have Webb against Atlanta. You have Sonny Gray against Texas. I'm going to go for it. I understand if you don't want to. I really do. It's, it's up to you. Uh, when it comes to these better pitchers, guys that are definitively on your roster and on the wire. 
I generally lean just start them because it's not a 100% chance to get blown up. It's normally like 60 to 40 or something along those lines. And I'd say go for it. Um, Tanner Bybee against the Jays. You guys know that I don't trust Bybee's command nearly as much as the other young guys. Um, it makes me a little bit more skeptical. So we've seen him dominate the Jays before, though, with those high fastballs. If he's able to do that and has a good slider, it could work out. So he's still in that uh, probable start tier. And the questionable start tier, you have Mitch Keller off of a 12 strikeout game. But it's against the Cubs, and we've seen him be a cherry bomb. Does he? Is he going to be able to get those cutter and slider whiffs again? I don't know. Tyler Anderson against the Mets. Uh, the chainup's good. Maybe that works out. And Brandon Fott against the Reds. Yeah, I don't love it. Uh, I know Brandon Fott has done well, and maybe I should be putting him in the probable start tier. But yeah, Brandon Fott, to me, does not have an elite four-seamer, does not have an elite sweeper. Maybe it is elite, but of the sweeper... I think it's just more of a called strike pitch and they're like letting it go. But if, the, if batters get aggressive on it, I feel it's going to not return good results. But fine. Yeah, questionable start. I get it. Do not start here, even though it's Miles Michaelis. No. Stop it. Stop doing this. It's against the Phillies. He's not worth your time. Cutter Crawford gets the Dodgers. I can't do that one. Yohanna Don does not have good enough stuff and he gets the Marlins. Matt Manning against the Astros. No, thank you. Cal Freeland is in Camden and there is a temptation to put him higher up because of that. But then again, it's Cal Freeland. Like, no. Zach Neal is going against the White Sox. I don't understand it. I don't have any expectation there. Same with Brett Kennedy against the Diamondbacks. You have tomorrow's games. Tyler Glasnow and Zach Wheeler and Max Scherzer, all your aces going to ace there. Julio Urias is kind of budding on getting his aces going to ace label. Same with Freddie Peralta. I'm really excited about those. You have also Max Freed against the Giants. I mean, this is so many good starts here. Um, Yuri Perez against the Nationals. He looks so good. Same with Kyle Bradish against the Rockies. It's kind of weird, actually, given how um, good Bradish has been to have him only as eighth right now. But I thought Yuri Perez just did uh, dominance against the Dodgers. So I'm going to give him that one. And Logan Gilbert against the Royals, who has not has his four-seamer. Get it together, Logan Gilbert. Probable starts here. You have Hunter Brown, I know, but it's against the Tigers. So you're going to do it. Hunter Green against the uh, <laughs> against the Diamondbacks. It is really funny to see Brown and Green and both Hunter. I, I, get, a, I get a kick out of that. All right. The, the colored Hunters, Predators, it's fine. Um, <laughs> Hunter Green was terrible against the Jays. Um, 10 runs and whatever. He pitched way better than the line. So I really do suggest you go and throw him out there. Get the bad still out of the way. And now you get the Diamondbacks. He's going to be much better here. Clark Schmidt is our stream pick of the day. I, I still can't believe that we can stream Clark Schmidt. Same with like Christopher Sanchez uh, today. He gets the Rays. The Rays are not nearly as good as they used to be. Clark Schmidt is a, is a solid play there. Same with Javier Assad against the the Pirates, you have Dakota Hudson. I'm putting him in probable start here against the Phillies. 23% swing strike rate on the slider. He's throwing it more through 40% last time out. It is a much better situation for Dakota Hudson than you remember from the past. Obviously, there is a floor there. So I'm not saying that it's going to be great. However, I do feel if Dakota Hudson does well here, you're not going to be able to get him. Uh, he's going to be compl- You're going to have to pay a lot on the waiver wire to get him after this. If he does well, it's the Pirates after it. So I'm going to promote him into probable start here to say, look, start or at least grab and probably start him. And if this goes well, you should be doing this. Um, You have Kyunjin Ryu against the Guardians. I think that's also just pretty much a Toby play. So maybe slightly better in the probable start tier as well. You can make an argument that Hyunjin Ryu should be above Dakota Hudson. I get that completely. Questionable start tier. You have Joe Ryan making his return from the IL. 
uh, against the Rangers. And yeah, that's just so risky in so many ways. Same with James Paxton against the Dodgers. Um, and Eduardo Rodriguez is also here against the um, the Astros and Logan Allen against the Jays. So many bad matchups there for guys that you normally would have in probable start. So they're all in questionable start here. Eduardo and Logan Allen are lower than Ryan and Paxton. In between is Chase Silseth and J.P. Sears. Silseth against the Mets. I know the splitter and slider has really been the thing I've been saying. Um, if you guys remember the whole Reagans versus Silseth conversation about two weeks ago, after Silseth had like 22 whiffs because of splitters and sliders, um, it wasn't as believable for me, right? Because of the splitter and the slider has been good, but it's not really, you know, that long that it's been good. And the amount of tools that Silseth has is pretty limited. Still, now it's the Mets and that could work out. It could absolutely, both of those pitches could be back there. So I would be leaning toward uh, consideration for Silseth above the others here. It's not probable because it could easily just not be there too. But yeah, I think I'm fine with Silseth. With JP Sears, he's had a really tough schedule. He still has a good fastball, still has a good slider. And it's the White Sox, and the White Sox are so demoralized. Just get around Luis Robert and you're fine. Um, you have Jake Irvin against the Marlins, also at the very bottom of this, because the curveball was really good. And the way he's using four seamers upstairs in the sinker's arm side, mixed with that curveball away, actually had the Imperial shutter, Shuttle as fast, would say. And that could work at the very bottom of that tier. Because also, I'm more aggressive, I think, with my questionable starts now than I used to be with the do not starts. Because then you have guys like Tuki Desant, who is a strikeout play. If you need strikeouts, fine. If he throws like 40% curveballs, it could work against Athletics. But the fastball and the splitter are just not good. Um, so he's do not start for most leagues because the ratios are just going to be such a risk. Um, Chris Flexen against the Orioles. Maybe that works. He had good cutter command last time. Pedro Avila for the Padres is getting a start against Milwaukee. But all these are so bad that I'd rather take a chance on Avila than Zach Davies coming off the IL and... Um, against the Reds, you have Carlos Carrasco, never. Jordan Lyles, never. Sean Manaya against Atlanta in relief for how many innings? I don't know. And Zvaldo Bito against the Cubs in relief for how many innings? I don't know. None of that. All right, that is it for today. Thank you all so much uh, for putting up with my weird schedule. Um, I'll, of course, be back over the weekend. It's going to be weird. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to be able to record the Plus Pitch podcast uh, on Saturday or Sunday morning. I'm going to try and get it done Saturday night. It's I do apologize in advance if it's like a very, very, very late Sunday episode. Uh, I, I, again, apologize in advance, but I'll have the roundup and the streamers out. Um, but I will get a podcast out at some point. Um, but I have a very early flight and a late wedding on Saturday. Um, but that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your babs be low and your strikeouts high.